Happy Sober Day, friends, and welcome to the Sobriety Diaries. My name is Nate, and I am a grateful recovering alcoholic. That may sound ridiculous to some of you, but I wouldn't be where I am and helping others without it. So for that, I am grateful. Again, you are listening to the Sobriety Diaries, where we talk to other recovering alcoholics and addicts. We hear their stories and try to help others who may be struggling. Today, we are chatting with Miranda from Vegas. Hey, Miranda, how are you? Hi, I'm well. Thank you for having me. Good. I so appreciate it. Thank you for agreeing to be candid and open and sharing your story um, today. What made you decide to to chat with us today? Um, Because I think it's important to get my story out, you know, to help someone else out there. I know it means a lot. I know when I heard other people's stories, that's what helped me find recovery. So I know it's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I heard, um, it's funny how you connect to people that you don't think that you would, and you hear like the littlest piece that you can relate to, uh, and you can just take that such a long way. So I, I agree with that. And I think if we can help just one person, our job here is done today. So do you um, feel like your sobriety is in jeopardy today? No, I don't. No, no. I'm at a good place. Amazing. Well, with that, let's open the diary on Miranda. The floor is all yours. Thank you. I'm, my name is Miranda. I'm a recovering addict. Um, I guess we'll start off with like my story. Um, You know, and it goes back to, um, I guess I started using um, marijuana when I was like 12 to 13. Um, Just used it recreationally, you know, just hanging out with friends and whatnot. Um, I was a very insecure person growing up. I was very shy and introverted. So I kind of just, you know, went with the flow with whatever um, those around me that were doing. Um, I tried meth for the first time when I was 17. Um, Just tried it, you know, again with friends. Um, at 17, I got pregnant and I had my son at 18. Um, and, you know, and I wasn't and you know, I wasn't full blown addict at that time. Um, but I was a single teen mom and my reasoning, um, you know, I was a single mom, had to work, you know, take care of my son. I was, you know, doing it all on my own. Um, and I was shy. I was, you know, I had to go to work. I had to do all those things, take him to the doctor and everything. So my courage, you know, I, I started using meth, you know, that is what gave me the mode. I hate using it, but that gave me the motivation to, you know, get up and do the feedings and, and, you know, doing the baths and going to work and, um, just being that perfect mom. That was my whole thing was to be that perfect mom. So, um, you know, I used, you know, every day though. So, um, that turned in, that turned into my, my addiction. Um, but I always still wanted to be that mom. So I turned into like an undercover addict. Mm. Um, I was using every day. Um, nobody other than those that I would use with, um, nobody really knew I was using. Um, so that was like 18, 19, 20, and then 21. Um, I met my then who would be my husband. Um, he didn't know that wow. I was using, I was using all day, every day. I mean, there wasn't a day that would go by that I, that I wasn't using. Um, and so, you know, we got together, you know, we planned to have a baby. Um, and I, you know, I did get pregnant, um, and I did have my daughter. Um, 
And during that time, I think at one point, because again, I wanted to stop because I knew it was wrong and I knew I had a problem. Um, so, and I, and I told him at one point, I said, Hey, you know, you know, I do have this, this, um, addiction. And so, um, you know, but he thought I had quit, you know, it's done and over with, but again, you know, I, I, I continued using, I um, ask he, you, um, if you mm-hmm. were you using during your pregnancy? No, okay. no, that was the only time that, that I, that I didn't use, you know, it was hard. Let me yeah. take that back in the very beginning. I did before I knew um, that I was pregnant yeah. and then I, I would say I guess the first month the first okay. month okay. I did yeah yeah um yeah so um, we had my daughter but then again so he knew that I you know had a history of using and so once you know my daughter was maybe one or two um he, he my husband he would find it so you know because I would oh. he would wake up in the morning and he would go in the shower and I would go and um go find what I needed to to do and so I think he kind of had a suspicion that I was doing it. And so he would find it. And then, you know, I'd break down. I'd say, okay, I'm trying to stop. Um, but I would continue using. Um, so this happened for about like two to three years where he would find it. I would stop for, you know, like a week and then just start using again. And it was so it was a, it was a cycle for about three, three years. Um, and then I think it came to the point where he just stopped. He didn't want to deal with that anymore. He just stopped looking for it and kind of accepted that, you know, the house was clean and we were going, we had jobs, you know, right. kids were taken care of, you know, that whole happy family thing was going on. Um, so he, he just stopped. He just stopped. I think he just stopped looking. Um, we ended up getting married. Um, but again, my addiction got worse. Um, I would only have to go to my, my drug dealer and um, it turned into using pills. So then I started using hydrocodone and Percocets and then yeah. um, Oxy. Um, and again, all was that because it was easier to be undercover with pills yeah. versus the meth? Yeah. 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 And it was, it was, you know, I used it to balance out. So when I right. would go to work, that was my upper and then coming home, you know, my downer, yeah. you know, um, but eventually like, I had to use more and more and more. Um, but yeah, and even with work, so I work for a doctor and so, and I, and it, it's such a small office. Um, I kind of had to run everything. So again, that was my excuse having to use so that I can do 20 things at once and maintain that, that office atmosphere, you know, right. but again, nobody, nobody knew I was using, nobody wow. had, a clue. nobody had a clue. Wow. Um, but let me backtrack a little bit though. Um, my sister and my dad were also um, users. Um, my sister, she ended up going away with her husband and getting clean because um, we used together at one point. Um, her husband was actually um, a, a direct source for me to where mm-hmm. I would watch her kids and I would get the meth for free. And it wasn't just a little bit, it was a lot. Wow. So. I- so I had that, you know, coming in. And then once I found out my dad was using, um, which was very weird because my dad, he was, you know, just blows my mind. He's just, he just wasn't the type to think of being um, an addict at all. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he was an RN. He um, was in the military, you know, just very straight A, just, you know, very, um, you know, straightforward person. So just, it was just weird how that happened. So once... I found out that he was using, again, that's my dad, I'm the baby. 
um, you know, he, I would just get it from him. He would supply it to me. So yeah. that, that turned into another vicious cycle. So it was constantly always around me. Um, even though I say I was undercover, I guess undercover is in my, 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 my husband didn't know what, or my work didn't know. Right. Um, so as the years go on, you know, I, I was constantly using, you know, using more and, and expanding what I was using. Um, and then I would just say, I would say when stuff hit the fan, um, that was in, um, let's say 2017, um, you know, cause I think by using the different chemicals that I was putting into my body, yeah. it, you know, it, it altered my way of thinking and, sure. and what, and, um, yeah. I have a lot of issues inside or whatnot. And so I felt, oh, I wasn't getting enough attention at home. Um, so I stepped outside of, of my marriage, you know, and then, and, and yeah. you know, um, and also to go back to think of what I, after my dad moved away, I, I tried to get away from my dad at one point, you know, because yeah. I knew I had a problem. You're in that addiction. I know I needed to stop, but I physically couldn't stop, you know, so you would do things to to help you stop, move away, get right. away from the people. Um, right. But I found a way to continue using. Um, but though, I mean, even just those those two drugs that you mentioned are like two of the most physically addicting. Yeah. You know that it, your body physically um, can't just stop doing those. Right. Um, but yeah, we always try the relocation. We try the, you know delete them from our phones we try the things that we can do but it that damn drug is is more powerful than those things it is absolutely yeah so you know again so it's changing you know I was doing things I can tell now looking back um I was changing mentally you know so I wasn't getting attention so I stepped out of my marriage um and I just wasn't happy and um so then my husband, we ended up getting married at, in 2014. So now I'm referring to him as my husband. Okay. Um, I stepped out of my marriage and I knew, I, I consciously knew once I stepped out of my marriage, I knew, okay, if you were to find out there would be consequences. Sure. Um, and I didn't care, you know, cause again, I'm just, I'm just on this, I'm in this other world, you know, mm-hmm. when you're, when you're using, you're just not in your right mind at all. Um, and so, and there was things that I did even with, um, my, um, my dealer that I'm not proud of, you know? So, and that, that was a big deal for me too. Just knowing I did things that I normally would not do if I was clean and sober. Sure. Um, yeah. So he, okay. So my husband found out what happened and that's when, you know, things fell apart. Yeah. Um, he kicked me out of the house. Um, he, you know, eventually he filed, you know, for divorce papers because I was actually still with the person that I stepped out of my relationship with. And even though that person himself didn't know at the time that I was an addict, you know, Got it. Uh, again, people, okay, people knew I was smoking weed, but again, you know, weed's acceptable. It's not, right. a, you know, there's right. that conversation of it's not a, a big deal or whatnot. So yeah. he knew that I was smoking weed, but nowhere near to the extent of all the other drugs that I was using. Um, and so he tried to support, you know, he was supporting me and he was just like, you know, helping me through, you know, the, you know, the divorce, I was served divorce papers. And on those divorce papers, my, um, ex-husband was accusing me of domestic violence. He wanted, you know, custody of the kids. He wanted me to pay child support. Um, and that was what really 
had me running to get clean, you know, to stop using um, because being a mother was that's that's my that's my heart. That's you know what I lived yeah, for. Right. Even though behind the scenes I'm using and this and that, um, I was a great mom. Like that was my number one thing, and so um, that scared me. <laughs> that scared the heck out of me. Yeah. So. Um, when that happened and I knew, okay, I had to go to court, you know, I'm going to have to go to court and he's throwing all this, you know, at my face. And so I'm scared. I'm thinking, okay, if I go to court, they're going to drug test me. So I have to get clean, you know? So I actually opened up to, um, um, the one that I stepped out of my marriage with my, I'll call him my boyfriend. Yeah. Um, I came clean to him and, and I told him cause I tried getting clean on my own. And I, you know, I couldn't, you right. just can't, you, yeah. you physically, you just, I just couldn't. And so I broke down to him and I told him, Hey, I, I have a serious problem. Like I'm scared and I, I just don't know what to do. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, you know, we were like, okay, well, what do I need to do? Um, I, so I, I went to a doctor cause I was like having these breakdowns. I was crying every day and screaming and just because again, when you're stop, when you're trying to stop using, all of these emotions are coming yeah. out. Things that we you've start never to felt. feel things. We actually, yes. you know, we use to hide those, and then you're like, "What are these feelings that I'm having?" Yes, absolutely. And yeah. I was like, "I don't know what's wrong with me." Like I had a lot of those breakdowns, you know. And so part of my story is I went to the doctor, and he's like you need to go check yourself into the hospital. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and I felt alone at this point because my family didn't know where I was at. You know, I'm getting, you know, my husband's throwing the book at me um, and my kids, that was another thing to where he kept my daughter because I I also felt I wasn't stabilized at that point, you know, like sure. I didn't want to expose my daughter to those things. Right. My son, on the other hand, he was 15 at the time and me and him were like this. Yeah. And when this episode, all this was going on, I wasn't the one to tell him what was going on. Mm. It was my mom and my sister, you know? And so he found out through other means. And so um, he took it really, really hard. My son, he took it really hard. He, you know, he had a grudge and just, he didn't understand what was going on. He just knew mom's out and she's with this new guy and I'm just, I'm ruining his life, you know? So I was in a very, very, very dark place. You know, like my son wasn't with me. My daughter wasn't with me. I was just alone. So when I was told I have to go to the hospital and get checked in, um, that was that was a wake up call. That was a really, you know, awakening. So I drove myself to um, the Behavioral Institute, right, to get checked in. And I just remember being in my car and I broke down. I'm screaming and crying and just pleading you know, at the time I wasn't connected to my God, I but I just screamed and pleaded like, I need help. I can't do this. I don't know what I'm going to do, but, you know, I just, I can't do this. I need help. Um, so I ended up going in and doing the, you know, they ask you all the questions and they ask you if you're suicidal. I was, I'm not going to lie. I very much so was suicidal. Um, but I, I said no, because I knew I'd be committed if I go right. in there and he's going to know who I am. Again, right. I feel, you know, I'm scared. Um, so they, they said, okay, well, you qualify for the intensive outpatient therapy. So I'm like, okay, but you have to be clean for X amount of days before they can start your treatment. Um, and I was like, oh my God, like how, I went on a Friday. And so you mean to tell me I have to be clean all the way up until Monday before I can start this. I'm wow. like, 
how? How, right. you know, how do you expect me to be clean? Like, I need help. Like, I'm that's here for the help. <laughs> right. So, um, but I, I did. I, you know, for I don't know how, God willing, I just, I did. I knew, and I think it was because I knew I wanted my kids. I didn't want to go through the whole court system. And, you know, like, I, that was on my mind, just going to court and having to prove that I'm like clean and sober and I'm a, I'm a good mom. Like, yeah. He's wrong, you know, like I, I, I can have my kids. Um, so I started the inpatient, I'm sorry, the outpatient um, therapy. And that's like an all day event. You're yes, there <laughs> like all day. Yes. And so, um, and during this time, you know, my, my boss, she's a doctor. So she didn't know what was going on. And um, for me to do this, I'm like, oh, I don't like, cause I still, I need a job. I still need to, you know, pay my bills and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I heard, you know, don't tell your boss anything that you're going through, but like, we're a family there. We really are, you know, and, and I trusted her. So I actually broke down to my boss and I told her, Hey, look, this is what's going on. And she was like, shocked. She's like, I thought you were starting to use drugs because of my behavior and, and everything that I was going through versus like trying to get <laughs> off of it. Wow. So, um, yeah, so she was actually a support system for me. Um, I didn't want to be on antidepressants, you know, and yeah. she's like, well, um, it's just temporarily Miranda, you don't, you know, it's just what you're going, she knew I was going through a lot right now. And it's just to help me temporarily. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, and at the same time, me and my boyfriend, we were, um, looking up psychiatrists. Cause I'm like, of course, what do I need? I need a psychiatrist, you know? Yeah. Um, but that was booked out three months away. So mm. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to get that help for another three months. Um, but I went to an addiction counselor in the meantime. And so, um, so all of this was happening at the same time. I kind of, I went to the intensive outpatient therapy for about a week. And then I was like, I can't do this. I can't, you know, it's like an all day thing. And then once I started seeing the addiction counselor, um, he pointed me into the direction of a 12 step program that right there was like golden that yeah. that is what i needed once i entered those rooms um i mean if it wasn't for for that program um you know going to those rooms i i really would not be here today i really wouldn't you know Same. um you know um Same. yeah i would i would not be sitting here in front of you today at all Absolutely. those rooms saved my life and right. You know, I'm sure not all of our listeners got sober in the rooms and, you know, to each their own. But that is, you know, that's just part of my story. And I can totally relate to you on that. I, I would not be here today. Yeah. And like you said, you hear things. It doesn't matter where the stories were coming from. You, you, your backgrounds could be totally different. Yeah. But you pick up. You just yeah. pick up these little things that they say and you're like, oh my gosh, it's yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. And you can just, you don't feel alone. Right. You just, you don't feel so alone, um, you know? So those rooms are just very powerful. And, and to this day, I still go, I, you know, I'm, I'm on, those, Me on those meetings all the time. Absolutely. I did an inpatient program for six weeks and then I started the outpatient program as well. And it, it, it was very helpful. I credit the, the treatment facility that I went to as well. God bless it, they saved my life. Yeah. Um, but I, I found that that was more suitable for me and the, the outpatient, I didn't, I didn't really mesh well with the outpatient. So I left right. inpatient treatment and went directly to a meeting. I went home, right. I unpacked, I showered and I went to a meeting. And I've never yeah. looked back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now too. I ended up seeing the psychiatrist and 
Um, and that was when I was like, you know, almost 90 days clean. Again, the, those, those rooms were helping me at this point, you know, yeah. but, um, you know, you're very still, it's raw, it's still raw. And so he actually put me on a medication to help me with the cravings, which again, I mean, I, cause you know, there's that, you know, that negative connotation around yeah. using like medication or whatnot. Right. Um, but again, so I just had this in my head. It's just temporary, Miranda. It's just temporary, you know, yeah. to get, get me to the place where I need to be. Um, and so I only used that for, you know, two months before my insurance ran out. And, um, and you know, I, eventually I was off of all medication when I was like six months, six months clean. Right. Um, but again, it was those rooms. I just kept coming back to those rooms. And that that's that's the core of my recovery right there is finding yeah. God and and just hearing and going to those rooms for that support. That's just the number one thing that got me through. And so, you know, here I go, I go to court, you know, and everything was in my favor again, you know, so I'm, I'm so emotional. I have anxiety, you know, I get, and that's what we learn once we get clean is all those feelings, all of those thoughts, all of those things that, yeah. that you suppress by using, you know? Um, so slowly, slowly, I, I eventually learned how to handle my emotions it was not it was not fun and it was not easy and i still have to this day i still yeah. have issues you know where i have to stop and like pray and and realize okay Miranda, just wait calm down you know because i know i can go to that i can go to that dark place anytime you know it's it's just you know with our addiction it's it's, it's sleeping you know and Absolutely. if i don't if i don't work on my recovery i know that that can um it can wake up anytime yeah so, i've heard in meetings before that um uh, our disease is in the parking lot doing push-ups waiting for right. <laughs> waiting for yeah. us to come outside it, yeah I mean it speaks to the same thing like it's sleeping it's dormant you know anything could spark it and anything could wake it up out of that hibernation and I will continue to do everything each day to make sure that it stays sleeping exactly for sure yeah. and every day it's an every day you got to work on it every day it's an everyday program you know, do you meditate or anything um, sort of holistic to supplement your recovery in any way? Um, I use um, a church and prayer and, and God. That's the yeah. direction that I went to. Um, I'm very involved with my church now. Um, but yeah, I, I do my prayer. And um, but yeah, no, it's funny that you say that because just yesterday I was going through some stuff uh, emotionally yeah. and um and I did, I actually went outside and I'm like, Hey, what's this meditation that they talk about? You know, yeah. and I just sat there in peace and just closed my eyes and listen to the birds and listen to nature, you know, yeah. to kind of like recenter myself. So right. I think I'll, I'll end up adding that to my, to my, recovery. yeah, it's helpful. I mean, even if for me, even if it's not like a structured meditation, just like mm -hmm. the deep breathing and the quiet, um, really helps, um, you know, it, it's almost equivalent for me, at least as like saying the serenity prayer and just taking mm -hmm. 10 minutes and a deep breath and clearing my mind. I mean, it works very much the same way for me. I was, ta I was talking to my sponsor the other day and she was saying mm -hmm. how, um, because we've had horrible weather here. I, I live in Ohio, so it's oh, just okay. finally getting warm <laughs> enough to like be outside and 
I was complaining to her in the winter, you know, oh, I just want it to be nice so we can go outside and I can like ride my bike again and get fresh air. And she was like, do you remember in December when you were bitching about the weather? <laughs> it was like, get outside and get some fresh air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you working with any other um, struggling alcoholics as a sponsor or do you have any meeting buddies that you work with? Um, I have my sponsor, so I'm in touch with her regularly. Um, that, that's another thing. It took me a while to actually get a sponsor because, you know, I was just so caught up in myself, you know, and I, yeah. I was still in my emotions and like fearful and, you know, um, just my anxiety or whatnot. So I just, I basically just stuck to the rooms. I was just, you know, I'd go in and, you know, just kind of listen and get what I needed. Um, and then a year and a half into my recovery, I knew an event was going to happen in my life. That was when my son turned 18. I knew I was going to have a hard time with that because, yeah. you know, I'm wanting to move out and stuff right. and, and I had stuff going on with my family. And so I knew I would need to, you know, someone, yes. Yeah. And so I, I ended up getting a sponsor during that time. And, um, so yeah, I don't, I haven't sponsored anyone yet because I'm still working my steps. Yeah. Um, so far behind on my steps, but I'm working on it. You know, like, even though I'm like working at a, at a turtle, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just a little bit of progress. Pace, right. But yeah. I'm always, always can in my, in my recovery though. So I don't sponsor anyone. I have a sponsor and I go to my um, meetings online since, you know, COVID happened. It's all right. online zoom. Um, I actually started going to live meetings um, about a month ago. And yeah, so I went I to my, it was so weird to get back into the room. Yeah. I, I went to my first live meeting. Um, it was probably a month ago as well. Um, yeah. And it felt like, it felt like being new in the rooms again. Yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. just like this awkwardness about <laughs> how I was like yeah. interacting with people. It was just strange. Right. Um, but I, I, you know, I've, I'm looking forward to that to like ease up, but I think like zoom though, has opened so many more opportunities oh, and yeah. meetings 24 seven. Like I've recently became, become, um, like kind of obsessed with meetings in New York city because oh, okay. they have so many online meetings every hour, every minute okay. of every day. And yeah. I get up super early and sometimes meetings here online don't start until seven or 8 a.m. Right. Um, so that's how it started. And now I've, I'm kind of like a regular, <laughs> it's funny, I'm like <laughs> yeah. a regular in the New York City meetings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like there's something to be said about in-person meetings for sure. But I think the Zoom aspect of things has just opened up a whole new world. It has. Yeah. I'm curious to know how else it'll evolve, you know, right. not being opening back up, but I think they're still going to be there, which is amazing. If you think about it, can you imagine getting clean on zoom and, and, and there's people out there that are, you know, they have, they did so they did much it. kudos to you. If you're right. listening to this podcast yeah. and you've gotten yeah. sober over the last year, <laughs> yes. all the praise and power to you. Send me an email. I'd love to chat to you. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> and we have a regular in my, in my meeting that I go to, they're from like England. They're coming wow. from like other countries. So it's yeah. just amazing at how, how far out this program is, you know, and how, who it reaches it's, and, and how it works. It works. You know, it works. It mm -hmm. works. Well, Miranda, any parting words of hope for our listeners? Um, there is hope out there, you know, that there is, um, 
resources out there. Just reach out to anyone that you can. Um, and I thank you, Nate, for having this podcast and this as a resource to other people. Um, I know it's it's amazing that if you just reach one person, that's that's all it takes. And so anyone out there, there is hope. You, you can recover. Um, there is a way. Thank you. Well said. That brings us to the close of this episode of the Sobriety Diaries. Thanks so much for listening today, friends. Huge thank you to Miranda for being so open and honest. Hopefully you heard something that resonates with you. And if we help just one person, like you said, our job is done. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts at the Sobriety Diaries, youtube.com slash Nate Kelly, where we will upload today's video podcast or on Instagram at the Sobriety Diaries pod. If you'd like to share your story with me, drop me a line at the Sobriety Diaries pod at gmail.com. Check back soon for new episodes with new stories to tell. But until then, try your best not to drink and be good to yourselves. Bye, friends.